Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Howdy ho, neighbors, and welcome to episode 115 of the Pantheon Plus Rewind, our weekly podcast dedicated to both the development of Pantheon Rise of the Fallen and its dedicated community. This week, we're of course diving into some huge info from the official August newsletter, talking a bit about building versus finding our character, shouting out a bunch of community content, of course, and finally, continuing our journey with the Twin Head God. Grab your tools and join us in the workshop. We're going to make something awesome today. So please join me, Desrin, and my improved co host, Theric, as we take you home in this week's. Rewind. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> new and improved. I'm I am new and improved. You like that? I I wonder how I many people are going to pick up on all my hints in the intro there, um, and I don't even know why I was thinking about this uh, this show um, <laughs> when I wrote the intro. But uh, you don't but, need to explain it. It just is what it is. That's right. Those that get it get it. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, I was, I, we always have to have like a topic, you know, RL topic, uh, in our, in our intros I know. Yeah. and I'm, I just got to say, I, it's been way too long since I was outdoors and, and I'm getting so stir crazy lately, I think, uh, and it's kind of been brought to my attention that maybe that's why, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that'll do it. So I'm actually going on a trip, uh, back down to California, uh, starting on Labor Day ish. And uh, I, th- I think I might just end up kind of hiking as much as I can while I'm down there. Um, nice. it, it, yeah, it's going to be hopefully great. I mean, most of the time I'm just going to be like sitting on a boat, uh, which <laughs> I've described as, uh, you know, a trailer on floaties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good to me, man. I, I'll take anything. That's basically you know. what it is. It, it, it'll be I mean, fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. Tie a couple barrels together and, and throw me out there and... I'll hang out there. I love hiking too, man. I'm so jealous. Like uh, whenever we go away, um, we try to get some hiking in. I've been hiking all over the place. Like in the Yukon, I've I've been hiking in the Rockies all throughout Canada. And uh, it's one of my favorite things. So I've never been hiking in California. Um, so I, uh, it's one of those things I'd like to do someday. Yeah. So I'm going to be living vicariously through you <laughs> well, while you're on your Northern on your California trip. is really, really nice for that. And um, it, I'm going back near to uh, the town I used to live and uh, I was always kind of 15 minutes away from real, real outdoor stuff. And I miss it a lot. Uh, so I'll try to take yeah. advantage of it while I'm down there. But uh, it does mean that I won't be around for the um, rewind on the 11th of next month, though. So, yeah. Well, again, that's another thing. I'm, I am happy for you on that front, too, because honestly, we don't take many weeks off. I mean, we really don't take many weeks off. And, and if we need to take a week off and you get your vacation, I, I'm more than I'm actually excited for that, too, <laughs> more than your vacation, because I think we deserve a week off. And, and that's <laughs> actually kickoff weekend for my beloved Chicago Bears. Oh. So happens to work out for me too okay so it it all works out in the end i guess it does it does well you know who else works out (laughs) who who's that our adventuring party so yes they do (laughs) let me uh let me get into all of them so we've got ziplocks on the darkmer rogue sparrow on the elf ranger bounty coat on the human wizard screech on the scar bard wiki woo on the human enchanter Shuriken on the Dwarf Cleric, Horsosaurus on the Human Warrior, Fury Wrath on the Archive Summoner, Pavejo on the Gnome Wizard, Deldrin on the Darkmer Paladin, Asera Avienda on the Elf Druid, and Churodude on the Halfling Direlord. And uh, also, you know, make sure to check that scrolling banner for everyone that threw us a YouTube super chat last week. Uh, as usual, thank you so much, everyone, for your continued support of this podcast and, and Pantheon Plus in general. Um, it, it always makes me just so freaking excited that we have folks that show up every week to our podcasts, our streams, our videos. This is like literally hundreds of folks, but you guys are the real MVPs, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. <laughs> and, you know, if you want to join in and help support the channel or just show your thanks, feel free to check out our Patreon for a shout out on the show. Or, uh, as I mentioned, if you're here for the YouTube premiere, feel free to throw us a super chat and uh, get your name on that banner. And, uh, and, you know, probably some 
mushy response from us in chat too. <laughs> yeah, we're we've become pretty good at that, haven't we? I, I I feel like it's it's worth recognizing every single time, and hopefully, it, it never is. gets like repetitive for you guys because we mean it. We super mean it. <laughs> I try not to I try not to copy paste the things but I do run out of like nice responses eventually but I you know even if it's just a, it doesn't matter even still acknowledging it is important. Yep. Absolutely. Um but yeah, Derek, I think uh there's definitely some some gravity to this uh to this episode so <laughs> uh, maybe we should get started. This week in Visionary Realms news and notes. All right, so it's newsletter week, everyone, and uh, the August newsletter got delivered to us from VR on uh, Thursday, August 18th, and with it, we got something from VR that we almost never get. We got some dates. Uh, Of course, yeah, right. There's an asterisk beside those dates, and we'll get to that, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, So as expected, this focus of this newsletter was checking in on where the project's at with regard to the next pre-alpha testing session. Uh, We know this one's a big deal. They've reiterated that by describing it as, quote, the culmination of many substantial development initiatives over the past year, including our conversion to Unity's high-definition rendering pipeline, the integration of our in-house networking solution, Vinyl, and enhancement to our enhancements to our combat framework. So for those following closely, this isn't new information, but it does confirm there's a lot of new pieces in this puzzle. Now, Desrin, we've commented that with all these new variables, you know, it's really important to ensure things are lining up properly. Yeah. And on that front, um, VR informed us they there was an issue that they discovered with Vinyl, their networking piece. And I'm going to read it verbatim here because it is technical and it's important to get, get it right. I don't want to screw that up. So here's what they said. They said, quote, they became aware of a conflict between Vinyl and the volume of string-based text sent over our network, resulting in memory corruption and server instability. Then a later, a little later on, they go on to, to mention it again, and it's, it's said this way. They said, quote, it's a conflict between network settings and Unity's burst compiler resulting in instability, end quote. So um, they go on to say that they need to resolve this, of course, because it's a conflict and they can't go ahead with the PA session with this uh, issue. Um, and given the time frame to do so in terms of how long it's going to take to resolve this is unclear, they may need to delay the September pre-alpha testing session. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong here, Des, um, but I don't think either of us are really in a position to speak to the difficulty um, or the timeline that's going to be involved in in resolving this issue. Um, Or even, you know, to even define it more specifically, I don't think we either of us can really do that. Um, You know, here's the thing, right? Vinyl is a proprietary networking solution for them. It's highly likely that nobody else can really do that either because it's their own creation. So, you know, rather than speak in generalities, uh, which would really just be speculation, I think, um, you know, I don't think we should be trying to figure out or trying to put this into other terms rather than to use their own words. I mean, for all we know, it could be a common thing. Maybe it's a very specific issue just to vinyl. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I even Googled, you know, (laughs) I put those words into Google to see if they would, you know, what they would pop up and (laughs) what the best you know, what the solution might be to this. But the best source of information on this out there is actually Basgrim's video where he does a deep dive into how networking stacks work. And even in that video, you know, he's speaking in in terms of generalities and he's talking about networking stacks in general, not specific to vinyl. Although he does have some information in there that um, he was able to acquire and, and sort of shed a little bit of light on it. I'll leave a link in the comments to that video. But, you know, this is really only a question that um, Kyle Olson, VR's lead programmer, can legitimately answer, I think. Yeah. And knowing that, I think this is where the double-edged sword of, you know, using a proprietary solution really shows. You know, it's it's great because it's tailored to their game and their needs, but it also becomes somewhat of a black box to everyone outside of VR's programmers. Uh, we have no real way of knowing the severity of this problem. And I, I, mean, I will say I commend VR for being transparent, and I think it's important to emphasize that commending them for being transparent on this issue because it's something that I felt was really important. I, I mentioned this several, you know, a month or so ago when I said when Vinyl was in the process and I said, they got to tell us everything. Tell us the good, the bad, and the ugly whenever possible about mm. what's going on with this effort because that is going to show that they're not hiding anything. They're not, you know, trying to 
just you know sell it or anything like that but Desmond those are those are my thoughts on this and my initial reaction what's your take on this oh man this is a lot to unpack there (laughs) (laughs) there is um well first off I mean yeah because it is a proprietary solution it, it puts a lot of weight on VR to figure out its problems um but you know, let's keep in mind that there, there is no MMO engine or even network solution that just scales to MMO sizes that VR can just throw in. Um, so to some degree, every big MMO has to figure their networking out in-house. Uh, having said that, they are going above and beyond by making a solution that can actually seemingly uh, be used by others and also a solution that's integrated with Unity. So they're they're also um, taking advantage of some relatively new features from Unity. Um, you know, they specifically mentioned like the uh, burst compiler and uh, uh, another one. I forget. But um, so while those things are like kind of cutting edge, uh, as you know, it's going to make it better as time goes on. It's just they still have some kinks, obviously. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah. th- it's a bit of a price to pay for leveraging those powerful new features. Um, but in the end, right. you know, we'll have a modern solution that uh, potentially could be one of the first MMO network solutions on the market. And it's built and licensed by VR. So, yeah, it's, but, it, but yeah, it's no surprise that there's some, some hitches along the way for sure. Right. Yeah. No surprise at all. I mean, I would be surprised if there weren't any, I mean, they said hiccups and, you know, hiccups, you know, it can be defined a lot of ways, but this is a, this is a bigger problem. So they're, they're saying, look, it's, it's something we've run into. And, and like I say, you know, I'd be surprised if the thing was just smooth sailing, big, big projects or big, uh, undertakings like this are never smooth sailing, no matter how many times, you know, you try it. Of course. Um, you know, but having said all that, you know, uh, I, I will admit, like, I, I feel disappointment, um, for sure. Uh, like, while I can understand the situation, right? <laughs> I can understand that there are hiccups. I can, it's obvious, of course, sure. But it still stings to go kind of from, it'll be in September to, it might not be in September <laughs> in the span of <laughs> yeah. like a few weeks, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, but honestly, man, the, the way this is written, I'm pretty sure that this is, it's just as much of a gut punch to VR as it is to us. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm glad they gave us more than just, oh, just kidding. We ran into a problem. Um, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually let, let's get into the rest of this because it, it helps, it helps ease the pain. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just add in that I'm, I honestly, I wasn't that disappointed. I mean, I, I saw the reactions around the, around the interwebs and all that stuff. And I mean, I think I was not as disappointed as other words and I, as others were, and I would rather have it just spoken plainly to me than, than marketing speak and, oh, yeah. and sugar, sugar-coated hype or, you know, I, I don't need that. This is real talk. This is honesty from them. And I, that to me was, I, I wasn't that disappointed by this. Um, but there are, there is good news. And, um, the thing is, is that it's not a guarantee that it's going to be delayed anyway. So that's the thing to keep in mind here. If they can resolve this issue, they gave us a, they gave us a date for the next pre-alpha test. So they said Saturday, September 17th is the date. Not only that, but I think very wisely VR told us that if there is a need to push it back, they're going to give us, they're going to tell us about that. And they said between Tuesday, August 30th and Saturday, September 3rd, that's where we're going to find out if, they are going to need to push that date back. So it gives testers, you know, full two weeks advance notice. They can they can plan accordingly. So if you're here for the premiere and you're listening to this on August 21st, that's the week after next. That's not that far yeah. off that we'll find out if it's even going to be delayed. I mean, again, a lot of this reaction was it's a foregone conclusion. It's going to be delayed. Well, no, that's not what this says, right? Yeah. I mean, uh <laughs> I think it's actually pretty critical that this was in the producer's letter. Um, I, and I also, I would say, I think it's ho- hopefully it's a sign of some communication to come in the future. Because um, not, not only, you know, they say there's a delay, um, but telling us when to expect the next release of information, um, what, you know, whatever the information might be, I, I, I love that. I, I really hope that they kind of keep that up. Um, yeah, yeah I, I agree. That's exactly right. I, I will say, though, um, 
it, it definitely depends on what's next. <laughs> like what they say when that time comes. Because if, if they say, yep, you know, we can't fix it by the 17th, sorry. And then, you know, leave maybe some kind of ambiguous, you know, in the future uh, statement. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> I will, I will probably be even more disappointed <laughs> in that, in that point. Um, but, but I can see that. I don't know. My, my hope is that when the time comes around, uh, they either let us know they figured it out and just, you know, confirm the next PA date as like the 17th or, you know, maybe, maybe it gets pushed to the 24th or whatever. Um, or they just straight up tell us if they need more time. And, and here's the key though, but again, tell us when we'll receive the next bit of information. Um, I, I think, I think this whole thing has just been stretched out long enough that, you know, until the next PA session, at least we either need a date for the test or a date for an update, uh, like they did here. Yeah. So I like that pattern though. I really do. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they've, they've set a precedent now, right? Like it's like I said in the intro, they, they, they've given us dates and they just don't do that. You know, we don't, we know the dates of their communications. We know when we're getting the newsletter, we know when we're getting the live stream, but they don't give us dates about, you know, big milestones generally. Mm -hmm. um, so they've, they've set a precedent now and it'll be interesting to see how that develops over time because you're right. I mean, the expectation will be that they are very specific about these dates. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, I do want to be clear, actually, though, that uh, as far as dates go, I, I actually think it's more important that they give the date for, you know, next communication than even, you know, dates for, like, I don't expect them to tell us, oh, PA is going to be, you know, three months out on this date. No, 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 because that, that's improper right. expectation. But you can set a solid date for when you're going to communicate the, you know, next amount of information you have. Um, and yeah. that's what I really want. Yeah. And that's one of those things we've seen develop over the course of the last two years with the content calendar or, you know, less than that in the course of the last year with the content calendar, that monthly calendar. How much do we rely on that now? How much hype does that it's build? So how good. much yeah. do how much do people put stock in that now? It's huge, right? Yeah. People making videos um, about it even. Yeah, that's right. And I, I do have to throw this into here too, because it came to my attention. So I didn't want to be negligent and not include this, but somebody pointed me to a recent um, co-carnage stream where he actually mentioned the Pantheon stream. One of his, uh, somebody in chat, his chat mentioned, you know, when's the next Pantheon thing happening? And he said, September or October, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's aware of something that we don't, maybe it means something, I don't know, but he did say it. So I have to, you know, point it out. Um, it, makes sense you know based on the newsletter um that he might know but anyway it's something to keep in mind it's something to uh, maybe watch you know some co-streams and see if anything else comes <laughs> out of that but let's move on another notable item item from this uh uh newsletter about the PS pa test is that it's going to occur on a single server with no assigned yeah. time slots that's pretty interesting now we're a little bit of a tough spot because we can't speak on this too much other than this than to say basically what the news implies is that this hasn't been the case in the past um and it makes perfect sense if you want to test your networking solution you got to give it bodies right give those put that network to the test and populate it with people um it also speaks to something i think vr mentioned on the live developer live stream on august 11th being that previous um pre-alpha tester feedback was that some people had difficulty finding groups and we know like I said before, the overall tester numbers, uh, VIP testers, pre-alpha testers, isn't that big. So I've I've been confused why they haven't done this in the past, keeping people all together. You know, I guess it was basically due to their networking issues in the past, but, um, you know, should also have the impact of having more people on opportunity to group up. So I, I really think this addresses two needs at once. Um, that's a good thing. As I said, you know, we're, we're a little bit uh, limited what we can talk about here, but Desert, anything else on this item that uh, you wanted to uh, mention? Um, I can't really, <laughs> but I, I do think this is a, it's a pretty monumental occasion for sure. I, I think I suffice to say that. Right. And I think you've got a good point about the two birds, one stone thing. The, the the whole dynamic of testing is likely to just be pretty different than we're used to. Uh, yeah. I mean, th that affects everything, every part of gameplay even. So gameplay feedback might change like you, you know, indicated. So it, it's a really big deal for so many reasons. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I think that it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a way better experience personally. Um, and then lastly, you know, VR reminded us uh, a couple more highlights from uh, what they want testers to experience here. Um, they, they made some bullet points. They said new places to explore and new mobs and loot. Uh, the cleric class, of course, is uh, in there and updated the other classes. Uh, this one is interesting. The newly defined racial base attributes and growth rates to get a feel for how that class uh chosen or how the class sort of goes with that race which we'll talk about in a second here they also said harvesting rare ores smelting and refining them and then techniques so those are the the main things that they're looking for feedback on in this pre-alpha test Uh, we talked about most of those last week except for the one that i mentioned and i want to highlight here the racial base stats and growth rates combining with the class play it's really intriguing because it's a huge thing and you know race and class combinations in in mmos are always a big talking point. They're a big deal for players. And, uh, you know, they're really starting, it sounds like they're really starting to hone in on this aspect. So, you know, how does a dwarf cleric feel versus a human cleric? And I think, you know, savvy testers are really going to have a lot of fun with these types of questions and figuring out what are the advantages and disadvantages of one combination over another. Um, so, you know, on that note, we talked about this last week. I have an announcement to make. I'm going to be definitely playing a cleric. (laughs) I've decided (laughs) I've made my choice. And, um, you know, I was thinking about it a lot after our discussion last week, and I'm really interested in the, the cleric they've proposed. Um, you know, I, I think I'll play an elf and, um, you know, we'll see if that plays into the combination like they talked about with the race uh, the racial stats and the base stats and how they grow you know <clears throat> beyond the obvious that elves are awesome and they look great um the the image they included with the newsletter this week i don't know if you took a close look at it but it's definitely an elf um, i'll put it on the screen during the during the video here but definitely an elf looking out over uh, the horizon there and um looking pretty darn good if you ask me <laughs> so <laughs> you know, looking at that list there, Des, uh, any any thoughts on uh, this, uh, what they're looking for here? I mean, as far as like features, uh, I'm probably, mo- yeah, like, I'm probably most excited about like the, the techniques. I know that's mm-hmm. kind of whatever. Yeah. I think they're, like you said, the, the race and class combos, uh, especially because stats are, you know, meant to be more impactful, right? I could see that having a really big effect on the early game. Um, but as far as like this next test, since you're going cleric, like, you know, I'm going to go shaman again. And, uh, I, I just, I really think having that comparison, you know, gives some really extensive feedback, at least until Druid hits the game. Um, right. My kind of change is I'll be doing a human male. Um, and as you mentioned, like, you know, oh, you're going to play an elf, but, uh, the human male, as long as it makes it to this next PA session, uh, is going to be a new model. And uh, yeah, that's right. They talked about that. Yes, and so I'm going to, you know, thoroughly test that, and uh, and hopefully, just you know, I really want to get a, a feel for kind of what probably is the final model, or you know, final as in it probably isn't going to drastically change again. Um, but you know, right. you, as an elf, like I don't know, you might change a little bit. <laughs> yeah well i don't know man it looked that screenshot looks pretty sweet and if it uh if it's an accurate representation of what the elves look like then i'll be okay <laughs> You'd be more awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe um so then if we if we look at the uh, roadmap to alpha there's a related item here we should probably mention while we're talking about this because it says under the classes and combat heading that's one of the ones that's been updated since last month we can see the cleric class has uh it says abilities implemented through level 10 Whereas the other classes are up to level 20. So Ooh. I, I kind of wonder if um, that might be an issue. You know, if they can bring the cleric up to where the other classes are for testing, it might that might cause some disparity between the groups if clerics are only really viable to level 10. We don't know anything about the time frame for the test or the hours or that kind of stuff. So, you know, who knows? But um, groups with clerics might be limited if they're only able to get to 10 in terms of the content. Uh, they can tackle or the range. Uh, did you notice that when you saw that does? You know, I, I didn't make much of it at first, but, but yeah, I, I think it kind of just shows that they're really trying to squeeze the cleric in for this next test, you know, like right. in one way or another. Right. Um, I, I, I think it also might have some implications for what the test is going to be like as well. Uh, Cause the closer it gets kind of the more I'm feeling like it is, 
It is going to be, as the producer's letter mentioned, a shakeout um, in the sense that session might not be super long. And, uh, and the main focus is probably more on getting people in and kind of bulk testing everything rather than the long, longer term, you know, 10 to 20 experience. Um, right. You know, maybe they right. do get the, the progression experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they do get 10 to 20 set up for cleric by this time next month. Right. Cause you know, we've got, we've got time. Um, but mm-hmm. between that and kind of the fact that this sounds like we'll only be in the region of throne fast for the test, um, we might not be getting to too high of a level you know? Yeah. Yeah. I do have to keep in mind the purpose and uh, the intent of the testing, you know, the, but, but again, they've identified those, those items they want feedback on. So, you know, that, that, that's a few items, but again, we have to, we need more specifics about the test itself and what, you know, what the duration, what the, the scope of it is. So I guess we'll get that in, uh, in the future yeah. at some point, hopefully in September. Um, other updates to the roadmap, I'll just mention them because they were on there. Um, they include artwork for zones, like additional environmental props for the Mad Moor and the Well Pond. Uh, some new modular cave kits to allow a c- quick creation of caves throughout the world. Uh, they didn't show anything specific, um, so maybe we'll see some of that in the next month's uh, items, the next month uh, dev communications. Under the updated general 3D assets uh, heading, there was a few tasty items there. <laughs> a new armor set was created in July and now has multiple texture variations uh, done for it. And another being um, some additional mining uh, node models. So uh, those are you know likely based off the concept art we saw of the nodes from May, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and this one kind of confuses me. Maybe it's uh, maybe you can you know translate this for me. But uh, it said. Uh, quote, initialized discovery phase for building floor plans and furnishing sizes to account for player scale and density. Uh, <laughs> and there's, one, <laughs> there's one of these in the updated animation heading too, where it says initiated discovery phase for necessary rig elements to support character customization. What is that dev speak? What's going on there? <laughs> I mean, it is dev speak, <laughs> I guess. Uh, every, uh, what I know of like discovery phase, this is basically just like research. Um, or R&D, I guess, might be uh, another way to put it. But So I'm guessing, as far as the, the former, this is kind of more a matter of metrics, uh, just to make sure all player models can navigate buildings and, and all that with, you know, with ease. Um, so I, I'm actually a huge fan of uh, there being really big variations in the buildings and, and furnishing sizes, um, like, you know, between a gnome and an ogre. Um, but I, you know, I understand a lot of folks get upset when their big character has to crouch to enter a small doorway and, and all that. It's a a surprisingly touchy subject. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we, we hear a lot about it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's kind of the same for the, uh, the character customization as well. Uh, just, you know, just Mm -hmm. further getting closer to those final models and, and metrics just to sure everything works properly yep yep it's got to be done um as for the rest of the newsletter we got an interesting interview with uh, ben dean about marketing games in today's media environment versus what it used to be like and and uh, it's a good read uh gives some insight into know you know why vr does the things the way they do them um the community feature was fun we learned about a uh, longtime community member disposalist yeah. whom you've quoted numerous times in your discussion segment does <clears throat> so uh, that was good and um you know, that's pretty much it, unless there's anything else, uh, Des, you wanted to uh, discuss from the newsletter this week? Uh, you know, I, that's, uh, I think that's pretty good for this segment. Um, there was a nice chunk of updates in the newsletter, but I have this kind of sense that they're pretty heads down, um, just kind of trying to push, you know? So it, in a way, it feels like this newsletter was a bit thinner <laughs> than usual, uh, especially with that kind of potentially not so good news. Um, but overall, I think it does its job. It updates us on the state of things. Um, but beyond that, yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> no, I agreed. I agreed. Yeah, no, there wasn't a, there wasn't a, uh, 
uh, much else to dive into. So we'll uh, we'll leave it there for now for the VR news. But let's uh, let's talk some Pantheon Plus stuff. Uh, here's our calendar for this week for content from August 22nd to the 28th. Of course, as always, Monday uh, midnights are Drac and the Midnight Crew after dark on Twitch playing some EverQuest. Uh, that's midnight Eastern, and then Tuesday, um, 9 p.m. Of course, the 101. We're still going with Ever with uh, EverQuest ESO Elder Scrolls Online. That's nine. Ever Scrolls Online. On our- <laughs> Ever scrolls online. Drac had a funny line on his uh, promo for it this week. He said, "What happens if we actually find the Elder Scroll?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Well, I don't, don't want to awesome. spoil anything." So, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep the keep the lore spoilers to yourself. There it does. Um, Wednesday, we've got a new uh, fan fiction piece going up on Pantheon Plus on our website. This is a uh, uh, Wizen's Journal, the eighth part uh, going up, and that's a. Uh, written by Wizen. That's hard to say. Um, and then, of course, uh, 9 o'clock that day as well, it's uh, Crypt Fox. He's streaming on his Twitch channel. It's his birthday, so he's got a full day stream planned, I believe. Lots of different stuff he's doing. Uh, Thursday, Redbeard Flynn, our friend, has a uh, video going up on his YouTube channel called uh, Guild Wars 2 is Not Dead. I think it's a continuation yeah. of his series he's doing about, uh, you know, the state of MMOs and how they're not dead in the as people may say they are, which I (laughs) think is a good theme to tackle. I've got a video that I've been working on for a long time, uh, taking us on a little tour of the dungeons of uh, Terminus and all the stuff that they've shown. Every dungeon we've seen to this point with some devs comments, with some uh, lore attached to it. So I've been working on this for quite a while. It's not done yet, but I'm really uh, aiming for Thursday next week to have that done and up on our YouTube channel for for everyone to enjoy. Uh, yeah. And then of course the, not that evening, we're back for, uh, MMOs, MMORPGs 201, you, Desrin and, uh, stands in the fire and Tetsu and myself tackling ESO some more. We had fun this week doing that. Um, Friday, uh, 6 30 PM Sparrow is on her Twitch channel playing some EverQuest on P99 with her pals. Saturday, 11 o'clock Eastern, or 11 o'clock Central, uh, I should say, is Cringe Pony TV. That's on Nathan Napalm's YouTube channel. Always uh, cringe-tastic there. <laughs> and uh, we got we to gotta make a couple more comments here. We uh, released the Sea Shanty this week. How, re- oh, how awesome was the response to that thing? Oh, <laughs> it, it's like a weight <laughs> off of the shoulders. But uh, the, I'm loving the reception. Like, people, people are being so nice and... And actually giving Man of Rohan some stinking views, man. That guy deserves so <laughs> every everything totally that is hopefully coming to him in the future. He's such a good content creator. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was close to 700 views last time I checked. And that's fantastic. And, and not even one comment saying you guys are a big bunch of nerds and you're idiots. You know, like <laughs> I was expecting at least one, you know, your super nerds comment. But yeah, any criticism know, is, is in pretty good taste, I would say. Uh, <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, as well, this week, just sort of off the cuff, we did, uh, Drac and I uh, did some uh, class videos on the recent updates to the Shaman, the Wizard, and the Dire Lord class. So those are on our YouTube channel as well. So check those out. And sometimes when the inspiration strikes, you just got to do it. But um, we'll leave it there for this week's VR News and Notes. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion's all about. Hey, surprise, we're doing a community discussion. I think <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, I, I think last week I said, you know, we might put it off again um, because of the newsletter, but uh, I, I wanted to indulge a bit, you know, in spite of things. So uh, here we are checking out a thread from Byproducts on the official forums. Uh, this one's titled Building Your Character versus Finding Your Character. So mm. to probably badly summarize, <laughs> um, <laughs> Byproducts points out a few things in Pantheon versus other games uh, that kind of end up defining your character and how that journey can differ uh, and impact the game. On one hand, a lot of MMOs use some form of talent tree uh, to eventually define your character, which gives them certain abilities or traits that differentiate them from another character or or even another character of the same class. Um Byproducts points out some potential flaws from that, um, like you know one tree being obviously better than the other, uh, or you know if you didn't know any better, making your character weaker because uh, you maybe some uninformed choices uh, if you didn't know about that, and uh, or you know if they're all equally powerful, 
um, it kind of just turns it into that illusion of choice. And as she puts it, uh, <laughs> I love this. You're choosing the color of your popsicle, but they're all cherry flavored. <laughs> that is a great line. I love that. That's so true. Indeed. Indeed. Um, but yeah, on the other hand, uh, some games are going to give you much more freedom. Uh, that kind of free form, uh, I think of skill, you know, skill lines and stuff like that, that aren't necessarily a tree, which, you know, the, but that can also uh, lead to some similar outcomes where you end up in a kind of uh, optimization trap where even if the game doesn't dictate a path for you, you might still just find that you've built wrong. So, you know, one guides you to a set destination and then the other lets you figure it out and, you know, and possibly fail yourself. <laughs> but really, it kind of <laughs> yeah. ends up about the same, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's an it's an interesting idea. Yeah, no, I like this. I like this idea. Yeah. So I mean, let, let me uh, let me keep going with this. Uh, try to mm-hmm. finish kind of the idea here, because um, you know we have to bring Pantheon into this, and and so uh, oh, especially considering recent news about kind of you know we talked about gaining attributes uh, as you le- as you level as well, um, alongside the differences in starting attributes. So so let's kind of let's suss out how Pantheon system might end up um you know we've got levels obviously um gives you a bit of power and uh it could be a bit different depending on your race but but the main defining point of our character is i mean besides class i guess but gear right i think that's something vr has said in the past you know gear in vantheon Mm -hmm. is extremely definitive for your character and probably the primary source of stats i think that's a reasonable assumption um yep but, you know, we're, we're talking about, I guess, defining your character more alongside others, you know, not just like power increase. But hmm. yeah. So like, you know, what what uh, would make one wizard different from another or or hey, I guess what makes them the same? <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. kind of the idea we're rolling with here. And I know I know the meta horse has just been it kicked so much. It, it is more than six feet under at this point, but <laughs> I say that when uh, there's literally like several discussions talking about meta currently. But, you know, with all the other things being de- described, it, it kind of seems, I don't know, a bit doomed, right? You know, all these games have all these yeah. systems and you always kind of end up with the same thing. Um, so, you know, what's to say that one character is going to be different at all? Is it is it their gear? Is it the talent trees? Is it, you know, AAs, which of course is, is brought into the picture. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Theric, I, so I know I'm kind of on a soapbox here um, and I, I promise mm-hmm. I'm not just going to dialogue this whole section, but I, you know, <laughs> and I, of course I have an answer to this, but I think for this week's discussion, um, we're going to go with that more freeform approach <laughs> if everyone's okay with it. So for our listeners, if you have thoughts, of course, go check out Byproducts Thread. Um, you know, that's, as always, linked in that uh, description or show notes, whatever you want to call it. But let's let's leave the script behind for a bit and just have our own little chat on how characters in Pantheon might find themselves to be unique or, or at least well-defined. Um, so yeah. do, do you want to start? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll gladly start because I have a lot of thoughts yeah. on this. What are the big things Firstly, for you? Yeah. Well, the big thing for me is we, we're making an assumption that people want their characters to be different. Not everybody wants their character to be different. Like think about, think about that for a second, because you defined in what you said there, many different aspects of differentiation, a character's appearance, a character's statistics, a character's items, a character's uh, skills. All these things are different ways of differentiating your character. But some people are not interested in that. And when you're not, if you're not interested in differentiating your character, then think of it like um like you're planning a trip like you're you're taking a trip soon what if you now you know your starting destination but you also know your endpoint so you're planning your trip with those with that knowledge in mind and with that knowledge in mind you're making decisions about what do i pack you know uh, what route am i going to take uh, you know where are we going to stop along the way what do i need now some people play their characters that way they know the end goal they know what they want mm. some people don't some people play the character as if they're, you know, 
and you know, I'm not extrapolating to life in general, but going through life where you don't necessarily know the end goal. Not everybody has their destination in mind when they're making decisions. They're just sort of going through and making decisions along the way. And that's how you develop into a unique character. Yes, some people are going to make the same decisions just organically. But really, um, you know, so I, I think of like appearance. So when I'm playing the game, I'm not deciding what I want my appearance to be like at the end. I, I'm just deciding in that moment. Stats. I'm looking at, okay, I found an item that I happened to be, because you're not going to be able to get every item you necessarily want at the exact moment you, you want it. Yeah. So you got an item in a dungeon that works. It's, it works for you. It may not be ideal, but it works for you. So that's what you're using there. You know, like this is how we create unique characters because opportunities are varied. Uh, instance to, and not instancing in the bad way, but like instances where you can uh, add to your character are going to be different for different people. So because they're doing a different dungeon, because some maybe one dungeon wasn't available at that evening that they could play, so they mm. went to another area. Like, you know, in the at the end of the day, yes, if you're targeting a specific uh, identity or your character to end up at a certain point, you're going to get there. But on the other hand, you, how many people are really going to have that information available? And that was when you were talking about like skill trees. This is the big problem I have with uh, skill trees when, uh, like in ARPGs, like when we played uh, Wolson and, you know, um, oh, those yeah, kind of branching yeah. skill trees, like with Path of Exile, I think as well, the way, you know, that game. I, I always look at those and I'm like, why wouldn't I just go backwards from the end point where I want to be and just build backwards from there towards the core? Because I at least, because that makes the most sense, you know? And I, with, with a game like Pantheon being, not having something like that, not having that broad skill tree overview that you can see the path, you're going to be forging that path either towards a specific goal or just as it comes to you. Does that make sense? It does. And this this is why I love going off script because like that is absolutely not, <laughs> not where I was expecting it to go. <laughs> but I really like what you're throwing down um, because that is true. A lot of people play towards a specific class fantasy maybe. Um, but which I guess would kind of be that end, you know, end point. You're like, Hey, this is what I want my character to be like. It's just about getting there. And then other people kind of mm -hmm. take it as it comes, right? Let the game play them. <laughs> yeah. Let the game play them. Right. Uh, exactly. And, and I, I, I actually like both approaches, uh, to some degree. Um, I'm not going to speak on your path of exile, uh, comparison because it's wrong. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I knew I was I knew I was on shaky ground there because you're an expert. and I have never honestly never played it. So I, I was like, as oh. I was saying, I'm like, don't say don't say this. Don't say oh, this. Man. Don't say this. And I said it. anyway. It, you so you said it. And it's so funny because that's exactly what I'm going to be doing tonight. Um, but as far as like the rest of what you're laying down, I it leans into kind of what I was going to get more into, which is the variance of situation is actually the more meaningful thing in Pantheon. Because um, there's a lot of systems that work in other games that'll work in Pantheon. Um, obviously, gear. Like, yeah, you go to other games, you get gear with better stats, and it makes your character better, or makes your character more like a you know wizard or something. Don't know why I'm picking on wizards today, but uh, <laughs> but that that's kind of a given, and that's fun, and it's you know proven to be fun. But I think the the standout thing for Pantheon is actually the variance of situation when it comes to your character being, you know, more or less built out or whatever. You know, you're kind of at the end of progression, I guess would be the best way to put it. Because when you're at the end of progression, the only thing that's going to make you different is things like knowledge, uh, you know, knowing about the world, knowing about the systems, etc. Um, so all these... These kind of things that are separate from, you know, numerical values, I think are the actual differentiating things for a character if you want to be unique. Um, and if you don't want to be unique, follow a guide. <laughs> but Right, right. Not everybody wants to be unique. Some people want to be, it doesn't matter for some people what their character, whether their character is unique or not. All that matters to them is that they have they've followed a formula to the best of their ability. And I'm not, that's not saying like in a judgmental yeah, way. Exactly. I'm like <laughs> some people are really good at that. Like the min maxers are very, very good at that. It's not about being unique. It's about being as powerful as the game will allow them to be. And that's all that matters. And, and where this kind of breaks down though, 
um, which is one thing I'm extremely excited about. Again, not not saying that the the follow the guide thing is bad, um, but it gets ex- extremely complicated because uh, so there's two things I think that are going to be like a really good example for this. So one, masteries, uh, because AAs were brought up in this thread um, as more of a you know the early AAs, so um, kind of more general. You just like put them and you get a permanent bonus, right? But right. in Pantheon, the AA is tied to the ability. And you get uh, mastery at a certain rate as you level up. And so as you're leveling, you can't just have everything. You can't have mastery and everything. So you're already having to kind of specialize, even if it's just temporary. Because remember, eventually you can get all masteries. Eventually, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you couple that with LAS. So masteries plus LAS equals... You you literally can't do everything, so you have to figure out what you're specialized in. And I know there's everyone's gonna bring up, oh well, you know, someone's gonna find the one, you know, best one size fits all, and that's gonna be on the guide, and that's fine. But as far as differentiation goes, even if at the end of the day, or you know, end of however many years, you have a large population of people that have all the mastery points. And, you know, the community is kind of dictated, oh, here's what your LAS should look like for the top, top, you know, whatever, uh, raids and yeah. et cetera. The, the thing that differentiates Pantheon is that that is only going to work in a fraction of the situations. And, uh, and I, I say that with a bit of hope and speculation, but everything they've indicated kind of tells me that your differentiation is your ability to adapt to a situation um, one way or another. Mm-hmm. And so if your LES is going to look completely different from you know, one situation to another at some point in the game, uh, it's going to be really meaningful as you're leveling up because you can't have all your masteries at that point. And so you can't just switch yeah. to things that you don't have mastery in. Well, I mean, you can um, if, if that's actually better for the situation. But these kinds of choices... Uh, where you have to juggle um, what is best for the situation, that is the kind of uniqueness that I think is going to come from Pantheon that we either haven't seen in a long time or haven't seen at all in the MMO genre. And I can't stress enough how smart that approach is, but how much work it's going to be to, you know, set up the game in that way. But, but really like that, this, this thread, you know, there's a lot of great stuff in this thread. um, But, I really would like to see this topic uh, drilled into a little bit more because I think it is possibly the most important thing about Pantheon gameplay-wise. And again, mm-hmm. it's the, the variance in gameplay and your need to adapt, even if you have everything. Uh, so yeah. whew, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right. I think, I think I really liked what you said there that, I mean, basically the bottom line is the differentiation of characters is directly tied to the differentiation of content. So if, if VR differentiates their content, there'll be more character differentiation amongst the players, right? That's the bottom line. You just took like 13 seconds to describe something. I took like (laughs) seven or eight minutes, probably. (laughs) So good job there. Um, nice. But nice. yeah, uh, again, great discussion. Um, I would dive into this thread, put your thoughts in there. Um, there's a, there's actually quite a few really great threads on the forums right now, but um, go check it out. Even if you're not a forum person, it's a fun place to get your ideas out there. Um, but I think now that me and Theric have had our little soapbox, I mean, do you have more to add? I should probably ask. <laughs> No, no, I think that's a great place to wrap okay, it up. Okay, okay. Then I, I think that's going to be it for this week's community discussion. The Pantheon community is full of cool projects, new people, and things that are just worth sharing. Hmm? What's this over here? <gasps> Look at that. So let's see what we can find in this week's community spotlight. All right, community spotlight time. Uh, we've got a nice smattering uh, of things here. Uh, you mentioned Wizen in the calendar, and uh, it turns out Wizen actually already threw something up. Um, so he's kind of back on the horse, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so Wizen put out H. Wizen Thales Red Scrawlings 7 
Uh, and that's on Pantheon Plus. Um, and that's, you know, another step into what he's going to be releasing this this week as well. Um, right. So this is seven and then eight comes next next yep, week. That's exactly correct. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, it's nice seeing Wizen uh, writing stuff up again. Um, and Absolutely. yeah, I know we already mentioned the sea shanty, but I, I'll just throw in there that like... <laughs> I put the link. I put da, the link down da, below. Da, 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 oh my gosh! I, da, 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 da. It's it is actually stuck in my head. Yeah, I mean, oh. I know. I know. Anyway, that's down there. <laughs> I made it so easy for you. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. If you've watched it thirty times, it's still not enough. Do it again. Um, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, um, next up we've got uh, we've got one from Disparate Worlds. You know, because they're back in the in the swing of things. Uh, this one was pretty fun. Um, the whole title is uh, Casting Torchlight on Pantheon, <laughs> Cleric, Dire Lord, Wizard, Shaman, <laughs> and September Pre-Alpha. And uh, and this is, <laughs> this is uh, I, I know Mox has really uh, got that torch reference for uh, from Minus here. Um, he did, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's always really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I like that video. It was good seeing those guys. Yep. Their production values on their videos are so great. Yeah, they do. I know. I think especially Sakari, if I remember right, does a lot of the the video side, and I know he puts a lot of effort mm-hmm. into it, and it's it's awesome. Um, but yeah, that, oh, I should probably say it, it is. You know, them detailing the uh, dev stream, breaking it down together. You know, and they're kind of back and forth as they do. Super fun. Go check it out. Um, next up, we've got a another Sir Medieval one. Um, and this is what we can expect from the next pre-alpha Pantheon Rise of the Fallen MMORPG breakdown. And uh, <laughs> again, this is mostly recapping the dev stream. And it's funny that this came out like, what, a day, maybe two days before they released the newsletter, mm-hmm. which does give <laughs> give dates. Yeah. And it's it's just, <laughs> you know, you start the video and he's like, yep. And, you know, they don't have any dates. And I'm just in my head like, oh, yeah, I know that feel. That's it's the curse of trying to stay current. Uh, you're always going to be, you know, one day behind. Something's going to come out the day after you put something out. It it, it happens when you're trying to make video or you're trying to make content like yep. this. Yep. Um, and also he mentions mentoring, which I got to say, I'm I'm a co-advocate. So, uh, so I'm a little partial, <laughs> but uh, no, another yeah. great. I think it was EverQuest 2 he talked about the mentoring yep, system. Yeah, which is usually the one I referred to as well, but. Well, yeah, uh, go check that out as well. Uh, even even if uh, it's a little, um, <laughs> I, not, I don't want to say out of date. Like it's still super good video. Um, so anyway, uh, kind of on the mm-hmm. on the you know uh, recap side, I guess um, we got another Tango Hotel video, and this is a Tango Talks Pantheon Rise of the Fallen pre alpha delay uh, <laughs> August newsletter. <laughs> I drops. like how you said it. it- you said it the way he says it. That's nice. <laughs> yep. I got to pronounce those titles, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this one is uh, mostly covering the PA announcement side of the newsletter. Um, and, you know, Tango Hotel, he does this thing. It's great. It is, mm-hmm. uh, I love he's got like talking head now, um, if, if he does that. Yeah, he does. That's right. Yeah, we can actually see his face now and when he talks. I really liked his take on this. I mean, I thought I thought his take was kind of similar to my take on the announcement. So, um I, I, I sort of felt the vibe there that he was going off. So, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, well, okay. So I, I mentioned there's more threads on the forums before, and uh, this is community spotlight. Um, and I probably won't dedicate this thread or this um, section to you know shouting out threads all the time. But this is just—it's so silly fun. So this is the guessing game by Ben and I, and this is posted on the forums. So it's just a thread, a bunch of you know, really zoomed in screenshots uh, from that, you know, the wide angle screenshot of, you know, Wild's End and AVP and uh, Silent Plains a bit as well. And he just zooms in on these little pieces and the whole thing is like, what do you think these are? <laughs> nice. I haven't, I haven't seen this yet. I haven't seen this. Oh, yet. it's so, it's so I gotta great, go check this man. Out. It's so great. It's totally Ben and I, right? Um, but it's, yeah. it's like Ben and I's conspiracy theorying, uh, democratized <laughs> <laughs> nice it's a good way of putting yep, it yep. but uh that uh is gonna be it for the community spotlight as usual if i missed anything or if you want to uh tell me about a new creator or something like that let me know happy to feature them on here but uh being 
Pantheon uh, news and uh, all the recaps and uh, original material, uh, you know, all of it, anything, anything having to do with Pantheon. Uh, I want to really feature here. The feedback from last week was super great. You guys are super encouraging about the spotlight. So I, I think it's sticking around. <laughs> I think yeah, it's sticking around. Definitely is sticking around. We had tons of good feedback. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, that is going to be officially it for this week's community spotlight. <laughs> Sit back and relax. It's time for the lore, you know, as we left the tale of the twin head god last week, we learned that it was an old god represented by a wolf. This deity was a hunter that showed the native peoples of Terminus hidden things and solace they couldn't see for themselves. When there was a schism, the deity changed from the eponymous two-headed wolf to the eponymous two-headed wolf. Lycus represented hope for the people, while Noct was driven to devour them further into the chaos that they seated on Terminus. They sought diversion goals, and as a result, conflict within the Twin Head God arose. A plan was devised to end this conflict, and now we see how that plan comes to fruition. So join me as I read the words of J.N. Gerhardt, Pantheon's lead writer, and this week's Lore You Know. To accomplish this task, Lycus would give each of them a portion of his power, called the Soul of the Wilderness. Each would be given the ability to transform their mortal bodies into that of a great wolf, figure of strength and speed unlike they had ever known. With this ability, their journeys would be swifter than horses, their endurance like birds of prey, and their senses more keen than the primal wolf itself. Their lifespan would be greatly increased, so they might gain the deepest understanding mortals could hope for. Along with these gifts, they were given a measured ferocity, this is a tool to be used for defending and not aggression. For Lycus knew the ancient secrets of this world would not be so easily found, nor acquired without great cost. These mortals he would call the Lycandral, his children, and he began to speak his language of magic over them in a fervent trance. Yet, as Lycus spoke the transformative tongue over the Lycandral, a low thrum was heard in their ears. While dismissible at first, the sound grew until it shook the mountain Shadir and quaked through the Lycandral, knocking many of them to the ground. Along with this tumult, some of the Lycandral began to exhibit horrifying traits. As if overcome with madness, they began attacking their transformed brethren with abandon, tearing into them with naked ferocity. In the midst of this horror, it became clear Noct was no longer asleep, but instead was speaking his own baleful tongue of magic over the Lycandral. Deftly, imperceptibly he wove a curse through Lycus's blessing, evidence of which was already coursing through a portion of the unsuspecting people gathered. The Lycandral who were most greatly afflicted by the bane became known as the Nightwolf, a sinister offshoot of the Lycandral and followers of Noct himself. Lycus suddenly broke from his trance and roared upon realizing what Noct was doing. He broke off a giant shard of the Celestium Stone with his mouth and drove it into Noct's left eye. This very day, some Nightwolves possess the Eye of Noct, which is a red, bleeding left eye that cannot be healed but greatly enhances their powers. Even with this wound, Noct continued to speak his curse upon the Lycandral, twisting those closest to his mouth into Nightwolf after Nightwolf. Lycus bit down on Noct's snout with divine force, crushing it until it nearly snapped. At this, the curse ceased to spread, but the battle between the Twinhead God had just begun. A first-hand account of the fight has never been found, though the mountain Shadir is said to have been utterly destroyed. In the years after its conclusion, which some say lasted several months, depictions of the twin-head god changed from that of a two-headed wolf to a wolf with only one head, yet with four eyes. One of those eyes oft depicted red or bleeding. In the wake of the war between their god, both the Lycandral and the Nightwolf scattered. There would be no binding together as one no unified host hunting down the ancient pathways of wisdom. Lycus's dream was crushed, along with his mountain. And that is The Lore You Know. 
And that brings us to the end of episode 115 or 1115, 11 <laughs> as my learned co-host said better than I did. Uh, that's another week of rewinding for us, Des, uh, my friend. Thank you for always showing me the paths of the world, being the likest to my knot, if you will. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. That story is just so stinking cool. I have I'm not going to get over it, man. Um, but you're you're welcome, I guess. And hopefully, our end doesn't uh, doesn't come quite the doesn't same end so violently. Yeah, no. I, hopefully, it doesn't end up with me stabbing you in the eye with a <laughs> shard of some stone, or 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 vice versa. So, but you know, no no guarantees. But we'll, we'll see. see. But uh, <laughs> yeah, a huge thank you to everyone out there for keeping us uh, keeping the fires lit for us here at Pantheon Plus and uh, making content like this. You know, if you can throw a subscription to the channel or leave a rating on your podcast provider, it helps the Rewind get discovered by more folks. And of course, we would greatly appreciate it. So I'll leave it at that. And until next week, cheers. And thanks for listening. Cheers, all. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Pantheon Plus is not affiliated with Visionary Realms. Be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers and thanks for listening. <laughs>